It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. It was almost six years ago, December 2013, when the U.S. Department of Education and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services awarded Georgia the Race to the Top Early Learning Challenge Grant, a total of $51.7 million over four years. And Commissioner, we like to point out that among 16 applicants that year, Georgia's application received the second highest score. We do like to point that out. Um, but, you know, and, and that's great. I think um, I wasn't at DECAL when they were awarded, but I came soon after that. And so I was able to see the implementation of all the projects. And it definitely made a big difference, not only at DECAL, but for Georgia as, as we propel the discussion around early learning. So the grant is finished. We submitted our final performance report back in July. So uh, this podcast is really a celebration of sorts, a look back at all that was accomplished in Georgia as a result of the Early Learning Challenge grant. And joining us to talk about the grant are three key people in the project. Susan Adams, Deputy Commissioner for Georgia's Pre-K Program and Instructional Supports. Dr. Bentley Ponder, Deputy Commissioner for Quality Innovations and Partnerships. And from Chicago, former Deputy Commissioner for System Reform, now Senior Vice President of Advocacy and Policy with the Ounce of Prevention Fund, Kristen Bernhardt. And uh, Kristen, before we get started, Update everyone on where you are now and the work uh, that you're doing. Hi, Reg. Thank you so much for the opportunity to join the podcast all the way from Chicago. Um, Since I've left DECAL, I joined the team at the Ounce of Prevention Fund, which is a national nonprofit that's based in Chicago, Illinois. I'm the Senior Vice President for Advocacy and Policy, and what I do is I support the work of an Illinois-based policy team that does grassroots work at the state capitol and with our state agencies in Illinois, and then also a national team that works with a network of 24 states across the country to work with their state early childhood advocates and early childhood systems leaders to help build stronger systems for young children prenatal to five and their families. So we are celebrating today and reflecting on the big win in 2013, but let's be transparent and talk about the application uh, where we applied uh, previously and we didn't win. So I know y'all have some feelings about that. Uh, So talk about it. What do we learn from it? If you can remember what were strengths from the winning application, what made it stand out? Sure. Uh, I'll I'll jump in. Um, Susan and I were both on the writing teams for both grants. So uh, we've been able to say that we were part of a big losing grant, and then we were also a part of a big winning grant. And uh, both were really, uh, they. I learned a lot from, from being a part of both. Uh, I would say, you know, just honestly, in 2011, we weren't ready. And I think we approached it a little bit the wrong way. We did a lot of stakeholder engagement, which is a great thing, but that also kept us from doing some actual writing. I would also say, too, that we didn't, you know, we didn't have enough system building things in place that made the application successful. However, actually writing the application, though we weren't funded, gave us, it was kind of a catalyst to where we started doing those things. And I mean, quality rated is a prime example of that. And from that, then we were able to come back in 2013 and really write a winning application. And just looking at the progress we'd made as a state, as a system in those two years was enormous. And I think that, along with knowing how to better approach and write a grant, uh, is what helped us in 2013. I'd agree. Um, 
we were in a different place the second time we applied. I think the process of going through it the first time, um, in addition to understanding better about writing a grant of this enormity and thinking about what you need to focus on, which is actually writing the grant. (laughs) I think we also really strengthened a lot of our internal relationships through that department. Um, It's the first time that um, we really had Jenny Kuchar, who's our director of practice and support services, work on a federal grant like that. And we realized what a value she brought to the team because she understands the early intervention um, system so well. So it was a, um, in addition to just some fundamentals about grant writing and the agency being in a different place, I think we were stronger because we really um, learned a lot about each other's strengths. Um, Surprisingly, um, the second time go around with the grant, I spent a lot of time on the budget side of it because previously coming to DECAL, um, I managed a really um, large early childhood um, Uh, budget for a school system and so that was something that could be leveraged as we thought about it and the first time we didn't know you know no one knew that Susan could do a budget you know uh, write those kinds of things so we were just in a different place. I'm so glad you mentioned Jenny because I was thinking of her when the commissioner asked me that question. Mm. I remember Jenny looking at me at the end of that second cycle in 2013 and she's like, I think we're actually going to get this. I think we're going to (laughs) win. I've heard a lot of late nights were also involved in that. And and Jenny comes to mind because I think one time I heard you guys comparing who'd left the building the latest and uh, Susan might have won I don't know it was I do remember late. on the first application we stayed all night um, to finish and walked out and um, and I will say that we walked out knowing that we didn't think we would win wow I was the one that Mark Waits hand delivered to DC yes, yes. when yes. the government was shut down yes so yeah um, a little bit of trivia so there. there's a lot of discussion still about that grant. Yes. actually so, he, the, the government wasn't shut down we just thought he needed to hand deliver it there the second time it was shut down okay. oh wow no we stayed 21 hours that night oh my yeah. goodness that's a lot of work and people i mean it's a lot of money too but it's a lot of work a lot of caffeine so yeah then brought to you by starbucks probably mm-hmm. so the grant is implemented by several state agencies and we want to make sure we mention that and we, we can't read them all but it includes everyone from the governor's office and DECAL as the lead agency to DOE, Public Health, Community Affairs, Economic Development, uh, Human Services, Governor's Office of Student Achievement, TCSG, University System of Georgia, number of others. How do you pull all those folks together for something like this? I think you rely on the existing relationships that you have. Um, what makes a successful grant in a state system like this is that you're it's not the first time these people have sat down at the table together. You're able to call them and say, hey, we have a grant and we'd like to do this. And they say, sure, that sounds good. How can we help? Mm-hmm. And having those existing partnerships and relationships allows for you to have something to be to build the grant upon as opposed to not having kind of that foundation. Mm-hmm. So where were you and how did you feel when we heard we won the grant? Kristen, why don't you start off? I actually remember I was sitting in my office in the Capitol and Aaron Hames came and told me that the governor was getting a phone call from the Secretary of Education. And we figured it had to be good news if that was the case, uh, because that why would the Secretary of Education be calling unless we were winning the Race to the Top Early Learning Challenge grant? 
And I just remember being so excited. Um, I was the one who was reviewing the grant before it was sent off to the feds to be scored when we were in that application process. And I remember Bentley Ponder and Laura Johns walking back and forth across uh, MLK from the Twin Towers to my office in the Capitol with each latest draft and latest iteration and just the excitement and the energy around it, um, that getting that phone call that it was going to be a win for Georgia was so exciting. What about you two? I don't remember. You don't remember? No. I remember a lot about the writing process, but to be honest, I guess I've just blocked it all out. I don't know. (laughs) I remember somehow we heard about it the night before it was officially announced and uh, maybe from the call that Kristen just uh, talked about, and I was walking in front of Vinny's Pizza, (laughs) (laughs) and I remember calling my family uh and telling them that we mama ponder and i think even brother and sister i think i called them all because they knew how hard we had been working um and then i remember the next day we had some sort of stakeholder engagement meeting and we Mm -hmm. had to walk in we walked into oak and we got a standing ovation oh Oh, nice from doing that you know for for me the i love my job i love working at decal you get some really though great days and this one just is at at the tops. Mm-hmm. I think I've had two more like it, and but winning that, that day was great. Has to rank up there. How did this grant raise the profile of early learning in Georgia? Bentley, let's start with you. Uh, well, I think it uh, the grant was designed to be a systems building, or as we put in our final report, system strengthening grant. And I think it brought a lot of, uh, it, it just gave us a lot of opportunities to do that. So we had a foundation. Georgia's pre-K is a strong foundation in, in Georgia. By the time of that, quality rated was up and in, in starting to run. And then we had all these other pieces. And so I think it allowed for alignment with those pieces, and it allowed us to talk about early education as a system in a way that we haven't before. We also were able to take some projects and try some new things out. And those new things built on some of these other foundational things. And uh, I think it just helped raise that profile. Mm -hmm. It also really um, raised the profile of Georgia um, nationally. And I would say a lot of that was to good work that Kristen did in managing the um, grant. Um, but, you know, Georgia became became the place that um, not only had a really strong pre-K program, but also had this really strong system. And even now, other states come to us to say, how did you start this? How did you scale up your early learning um, standards or other projects? And so it really put Georgia in a place to be recognized for the phenomenal um, system that we're building. Mm-hmm. Kristen, how about you? You know, I think a lot of it was because of the way DECAL was staffed and the team around the application that helped made it successful for the state. So when I think about the fact that, you know, many states had race to top early learning challenge grants. So we weren't really unique, sadly, in that a lot of states also got the same funding. But it was that we really made it a big deal in Georgia. And we capitalized on that moment, we capitalized around the excitement, around the fact that it was a grant to the governor's office, and really just celebrated that and sung it from the rooftops to really add additional momentum. And I think also the way the work was embedded in the work of Georgia's early learning system um, made it that it was sustainable and scalable faster than other states to some degree. When I look across the country now, a lot of states that had early learning challenge grants are changing substantially the work they did during that time, you know, rolling back on their QRIS, 
or not sustaining community engagement strategies or um, you know, have abandoned early childhood integrated data systems. And that just didn't happen in Georgia because the funding was used so strategically to embed and scale the work that was happening. So the grant led to the creation of the E3Zs, or Early Education Empowerment Zones, which have now led to our regional early education community partnership coordinators. I think that is as hard to say as Early Education <laughs> Empowerment Zones. It is. <laughs> so, and I... I will be honest with you. I had no idea what an E3Z meant. I went and announced them. It was so exciting. Four areas of the state. I still had no idea what an E3Z was. <laughs> um, but now, looking back personally, um, we continued that because they really did have an impact at the community level, which I felt we didn't have um, that before. So, Kristen and Bentley, talk a little bit about how that work has evolved as a result of those E3Zs. The E3Zs, uh, which I'm so glad we can retire that acronym. No one ever got it right. The EZ3s, E3Zs, no one ever knew. And now we have the much simpler Early Education Community Partnerships. That work evolved really quickly from the start. You know, when you write a grant application, you put in your basic ideas of what it's going to look like. But then actually figuring that out once you win the grant is a whole different thing. And I remember sitting in a room with Bentley, I think it was the Dogwood Conference Room, and uh, trying to plot out how are we even going to select the four communities? Because that's a big decision. We were saying we were going to put resources, a person in each of these areas, but we didn't have really any other details. We had invented it. Um, And so now we had to invent the rest of the process, which was a lot. I think when we started the E3Zs, I was thinking it was going to be about the money we were putting in each zone. Each zone was getting about you know, $1.2, $1.3 million in new resources, whether those were subsidy grants or tiered reimbursement raises or uh, special professional development or community engagement grants. And I thought it was going to be about the money. And to some degree, those grants that were about the money were really successful. The quality rated subsidy grants started as a pilot in the E3Zs. Some of our family engagement training started as pilots in the E3Zs, but I think what we realized quickly, especially because of the team we had as those community partnership coordinators in the four E3Zs, was that it was really the person and it was the relationships they were able to bring to the table. And that was when things started getting really cool, was when we stopped, um, well, we didn't stop concentrating on the funding that the zones were getting. We, of course, made sure that we fulfilled all of our grant objectives and that we used the funding you know, as we were allowed to by the U.S. Department of Education and Health and Human Services. But what was really cool was then when the coordinators started bringing additional resources to the table. And when they started thinking about how can we leverage community partnerships we know of and bring them to support the work of the birth to five system in our community. I love, of course, read across Valdosta and South Georgia. I loved the uh, forums and convenings that each of the four zones put on. Each one developed its own flavor because the heart of the work wasn't the $1.3 million in race the top resources. The heart of the work was the person and the, literally the community partnerships that came as a result. And the fact that now we've scaled that strategy statewide and that every community in Georgia has access to a community partnership coordinator, I think that's just something that the state of Georgia can be really proud about. Bentley, so, I have to ask you, though, like, where are we now with it? Because it's under your it's leadership under now, Yeah, right? we're excited, yeah. yeah. And I just want to say, echo everything that was said, sure. said there. The, 
switching from that funding. I'm just to glad the to know that she didn't know what it was either, and mm-hmm. I was expected to know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So, I mean, we now have a, uh, and I have trouble saying it too, the Early Education Community Partnership Coordinators in each of our six DECAL regions. Uh, we're really focusing on their strategic plan and what that's going to look like in each community and how can they work and really help us get to that 2020 goal. I want to talk about, just for a minute, the impact on your teams. Uh, We've talked about, Bentley, you said it's probably one of your proudest moments uh, at DECAL. When you apply and then receive a grant of $51 million, um, what kind of impact does that have? Susan, let's start with you. One of the things that um, we did was be strategic about where the money went. And some did go to key positions that really were able um, for us to um, move the work forward. I also um, think that it was a real opportunity to scale up some of the things that we knew were working well. Um, We had done a lot of work in our Georgia's pre-K program around understanding um, high-quality professional development that really links to improved um, interactions between teachers and kids and classrooms. And so um, Early Learning Challenge gave us an opportunity to scale that work up and bring in some really smart people to work with us. Laura Reed, who works in our professional learning um, unit, um, helped to scale that work out. And, and I'll say, you know, when we hired Laura, um, we kind of looked at her and said, hey, we need for you to go figure out how this um, would work and how might we think about um, building really high-quality relationship-based professional learning, the kind that we know changes um, practice um, in the field. And Laura, you know, said, okay, and one figured it out, and it started a really rich relationship that the agency has with the Lassinger Center Um And um, I would say as we talk to staff, our own staff, a lot of our field specialists across different agencies from pre-K to CCS um, to people in QIP, they'll say for them most impactful was the opportunity to be trained in professional learning communities. And that's really changed how they go about doing their work. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really um, great opportunity to scale up some work and to bring in some really smart people um, to support us in doing that work. Bentley, you were director of research at the time. Mm-hmm. With a team of four, mm-hmm. including me. <laughs> so everyone was excited. <laughs> and I think that the team was just excited. I mean, first, because we had put so much work into uh, into the application, but also just the opportunities to work more across the the diff- different divisions, which is what the research team loves doing. And now, you know, even though research is under quip now, it's still something that they that they like. And Early Learning Challenge just gave us an, a great opportunity to expand and continue that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen? Anyone who's ever been involved in a decal grant application knows, uh, I think the most stressful part is actually getting that application together. And I always loved hearing Bentley's reflections on the fact that the that Georgia losing the grant in the first round made us a better applicant in the second round, which was when we were actually awarded. In terms of the money though, I think that was actually the least important part because if you look at DECAL's overall budget, $51 million spread over what was really five years and the fact that that money went to multiple state agencies is really a drop in the bucket. I mean, I think it was less than 1% of our agency's annual budget. 
So the money, the dollars, again, weren't really the critically important part. The critically important part was this special recognition of being a winner, of pulling together multiple state systems to kind of think about how we could strengthen what happens for kids from birth to five. I do think one really positive impact, though, is that we were able to add some new positions. Um, of course, to lead a big grant, you have to have some you know, brain power behind it and some working power to actually get those projects done. And I think the people that we were able to add to DECAL, to state government, to the field of early childhood with Race the Top funds during those years, I think that's something we can be really proud of as well, is that because the grant was time limited, it was innovative, um, we were really able to attract some really fantastic leaders to the field and to DECAL. And I think those people, uh, many of them who are still in positions in the agency or across the state, or at least in early childhood, um, are also some of my favorite accomplishments from the grant. So let's talk about lessons learned. What is your biggest takeaway from this four-year, $51 million experience? Bentley or Susan, you want to start? Well, first of all, I would say, you know, having a strong leader uh, is necessary. And Kristen was a great, strong leader with that and really did a great job of handling the big picture aspects, but also getting into the details, which are really important with a grant like this. Uh, I would also say, too, that if you look at some of the things that we piloted, those that didn't have great alignment with other projects have been much harder to sustain. So it's all it's really important to have that alignment. And then I would also say too, there were times that we probably overpromised on some of what we would deliver. And so we've kind of, you know, I, I think that's just important to remember both when you're writing the grant and when you're starting a new project. With any grant, I think you're at the end of it reflecting back to see what worked, what didn't work. And there were a lot of things that we've sustained um, through this grant, and I think it was a real opportunity to look at those alignment pieces. But there were even some projects that um, on the surface may not look like they had huge impacts, but they strengthened a lot of relationships between us and other state agencies. We had a really large um, cross-agency comprehensive assessment task force um, that really looked at both um, assessment around developmental screening but also formative assessment. They came out with some recommendations that we're still looking at how to move them forward but it also created a tremendous amount of conversation and relationships between a lot of different partners across state agencies, but also people like the American, um, the Georgia Academy for Pediatrics and, the, and different groups. And those are real opportunities. The same thing happened around family engagement and the creation of a family engagement task force and really digging into some really deep topics that help us understand what do we believe in Georgia about these things and created some lasting relationships that projects are built on top of. I think for me, one of the biggest lessons learned was actually around communication and especially in leading a project that was multi-year. The work was very complex for sure. And I think oftentimes we would do a good job communicating on the front end that we were doing something new and what the why was and the ways to give feedback. And then it was kind of easy to sit back and then get the work done, right? We got all the feedback we needed, now it's time to implement. And I think because of the high profile nature of the projects in the Early Learning Challenge and because of their just the complexity and the unique groups they touched, 
I think I really learned early on that you needed a really intentional communication and feedback strategy across all of your work. I think we saw that get better as the grant went on. I think about Cactus, the cross-agency child data system, and the ways we were able to sort of re-engage and build momentum on this really intensive data system that required lots of buy-in across agency partners. Um, that was a good place that lesson kind of was learned. And also in quality rated. Um, we developed the quality rated advisory committee because as changes were being made to CAPS and to QR, we realized we needed to be a lot more intentional about making sure providers and key stakeholders were kept up to date on all of that. So I think communicate early, communicate often, were probably the the biggest lesson that I learned personally from leading that work. All right, tough question for everybody involved, and I'll include the commissioner in this. What was the best thing to come out of the Race to the Top Early Learning Challenge grant? Best thing. Not going to let you do multiple, just you got to choose one. I'm going to start with Susan. One of the things we haven't talked about today, and I don't know, best may, is hard to say, it's hard to pick, but we did a lot of really good work around our early learning and um, development standards, the GELDs. Um, when we um, earned the grant, we had just created a brand new um, set of standards from birth to five um, called the GELDs, the Georgia Early Learning and Development um, Standards. And the um, Early Learning Challenge Grant gave us an opportunity to do a really um, phenomenal marketing um, kind of um, campaign on them. We developed a lot of great resources, both online and paper, um, it, great um, guidebooks for teachers, um, really fabulous um, toolboxes mm-hmm. that teachers can use that have a lot of activities and a great online um a lesson planning tool called Peach. And then we were able to distribute and print thousands of those things that went directly to educators all over the state and trained them on how to use them. Both um, our typical people like teachers in pre-K and childcare, but also in special education and early intervention. And so that's an ongoing project of this grant that without it, we might, you know, money did matter in this project to be able to um, create all those things and distribute them. Mm-hmm. Bentley, how about you? So my division, you know, so yes. <laughs> uh, the division is part of, you know, came from system reform, which was created as a result of the grant. So it's hard if I go projects or anything like that, it's really hard to pick best. We've talked about the early education empowerment zone, so I'll leave that to the side and just say the exponential expansion of quality rated mm. the grant. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, because when I when I came on as commissioner five years ago, we were at a fundraiser to kick off a quality rated campaign to raise private dollars to support our work. And I can't remember the exact figure because it was literally the second day I was on the job. But I think we had 300 programs participating in quality rated. They haven't received their rating, 300 participating. <laughs> and now we have close to 1,900 that have received that rating all over the state. So I think without the Early Learning Challenge Grant, we wouldn't have had that momentum. We wouldn't have had the governor's support. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that really propelled quality rated. And to be honest, I mean, Georgia surprisingly was kind of late to the game in their quality rated system so i think that helped give us that push we needed um to do that kristen how about you Uh, definitely community partnership coordinators i mentioned cactus and i'm really proud of the work we did there in building up 
our ability to know which children are benefiting from which services across the early childhood system. I couldn't leave out the incredible expansion of quality rated, um, the huge increases in participation and rating from all provider types. I really think that's going to have a huge impact on the face of early childhood in Georgia, um, far, already is, far beyond the reach of a one-time federal grant. But I think probably my ultimate favorite outcome, I'm going to go back to the people. I think the talent that we were able to attract to the Department of Early Care and Learning during the Race the Top uh, years with Race the Top dollars, um, I think those people have been tremendous, tremendous additions to the field. And I'm just incredibly proud that they were a part of this work. And I can't wait to watch where they go from here. So we've got kind of an unusual circumstance here with Bentley and Kristen on the same program. Bentley now Deputy Commissioner for Quality Innovations and Partnerships. Kristen, the former Deputy Commissioner for System Reform. Kristen, what advice uh, would you have, still kind of in the early stages now for Bentley and the new team, uh, on continuing the great work that was started under the Early Learning Challenge grant? I think the biggest piece of advice I have for the division is to be open to new things and and keep that innovation spirit alive. I think that's what made System Reform a fantastic team and a great place to work and be a part of. And I know that Dr. Ponder will keep that going forward. Um, for Dr. Ponder, uh, I think I've already given him my biggest advice. Maybe I'll give a tactical one is stay, um, stay ahead of your emails. If you get behind in your email inbox, you will never recover and it'll be a downward spiral, but stay on the front end of keeping on top of all the, the email work and, and you'll be fine. Um, I know Bentley is going to do, is doing an amazing job leading that division. I know that team is going to continue to build on the successes we had during Race to the Top. Um, the people are, the right people are there. The right leadership is there. And I know there's going to be great things still to come um, in early childhood education in Georgia. So we've talked about early learning challenge. Are there similar grants and opportunities for us in the future? There are. Always. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I have to say this, and I'll let Susan talk a little bit more about the opportunity that we believe is coming up. Um, but just kind of witnessing it, it is an intense process for DECAL. Like, the entire team takes it very seriously. They put their best foot forward. And it takes a lot of after-hours work and weekend work, um, usually over state holidays for some reason, so they don't get the holiday off. It always comes at the same time of the year, I feel like, <laughs> which I think this Another new one that's coming up is going to come fall. up in October, right? Another lost fall. Yeah, but talk a little bit about what we think is coming out. Yeah. So the agency does currently have a large, um, well, not as large, a federal grant, um, the preschool development grant, um, birth to five grant right now, which was a um, small grant that was given to states for just one year. I will say that um, while they didn't release the scores for this grant, all of the feedback that we had was positive from our grant um, application. But um, it's a one-year grant. Um, it goes through um, the end of this um, calendar year. But there is an opportunity that should be released any day now um, to apply for a much larger preschool development grant, um, Birth to Five is what it's called, um, that is a five-year grant. As part of the grant we have right now, the state is asked to um, develop a needs assessment and um, a strategic plan 
that would then um, you would apply for the new grant um, for the implementation of that. And so um, I am sure that we'll be making decisions about if we will apply for that grant and spending time um, completing that application if we do. So there's all, always a lot of opportunities um, for the state to, um, you know, apply for these types of grants that really help us um, do our work. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. And good luck to everybody. $51.7 million, four years celebrating Race to the Top Early Learning Challenge. And Bentley, I know you mentioned it before, but we got a lot of folks involved in this. I know we want to say thank you to them. Yeah, thank you. This It was a, it was a great experience, and it's uh, propelling us forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Bentley, Susan, Kristen, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Chanel Johnson, and I work in the CAPS division. My question for the commissioner is regarding the two-generational approach. Two-generational approach is a big topic across the nation, and I just want to know, what is her vision for utilizing the two-generational strategies? Well, Chanel, as I think as we as we serve children, we have also have to think about the adults in their lives as well and work to serve them together. And I think that a big part of us being successful in doing that is usually utilizing our CAPS program, uh, specifically our family support program, which I know you are a co-director in that family support work. And when we brought that over from DFACS a couple years ago, we really transformed it to bring in that family aspect. Um, so how do we not only support the child in getting them access to high-quality child care, then how do we support the family member or the adult person in their life at the same time um, so that we get them the services that they need so then they can become self-sufficient and economically stable, whether it's access to a technical college system of Georgia or whether it's housing or whatever the services are that they may need so that then they're successful together. And I think that's a big part of making our CAPS program the number one subsidy program in the nation is that two-gen component. Now that you've listened to the podcast, here's your chance to win a nice prize in the decal download quiz. You know how it works. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. How much money did Georgia receive over four years from the Rise to the Top Early Learning Challenge grant? How much money did Georgia receive over four years from the Rise to the Top Early Learning Challenge grant? Answer that correctly. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers, and you could win a nice prize. Thanks for playing. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at... C-O-M-M Jacobs.